Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 150 of the IA Cast. All right. Uh, with me today, I have Jason Earls. Hello, everyone. And that's it. That's all we have today. Uh, it's just me and Jason. This is Michael. And um, we have a good show coming up today. Yeah. I just want to say it's amazing to think that we have been podcasting now for 150 episodes. Right. Um, it's really awesome. Like, I remember, like we've talked about before, uh, I'm on a blue microphone right now, but the first one I started by myself was on a snowball, and that thing was terrible. Okay, new episode title, From Blue to Blue, It's Me and You. No, I'm kidding. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. But yes, I, 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 <laughs> I remember that blue snowball. Actually, if you go to our website, you can see, still find the first episode. Also, so, the one you recorded from the watch was cool. Yeah, I still thought that was one of the coolest episodes I've ever recorded was from the watch. I kind of want to do that again just to compare the recording quality. You know, that would be kind of cool. We should do that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Although I suspect it's pretty much the same as I don't know. in the past. I don't think they've changed the uh Well, maybe they put the studio there. microphone array on the watch. I'm, I'm kidding, but that would be kind of cool. Right. So let's start out with the news section, uh, and that is uh, Apple announced and released their M1 Max this week and i guarantee you if anybody in our youtube audience said uh we'll buy jason a macbook pro he would jump up and down and i would probably break this macbook pro live jumping up and down (laughs) (laughs) like but yes um apple has released their their m1 max the lineup includes the 13 inch macbook air the 13 inch macbook pro and the I almost said 13-inch Mac Mini. Uh, the Mac Mini. <laughs> yeah, and, and they are nice machines. They have the new M1 chip. And I'm sure everybody has heard all about the M1 before, but uh, we're going to talk today about things that you may not have heard. So uh, I just was watching a podcast from Rene Ritchie today where he did a Q&A with folks about the M1 chip. And it's very interesting, the things that... That he said. And so if you don't know, the uh, MacBook Air does, uh, is air quiet. <laughs> you know, it's air funny. It's, it's the one with air in the name, and it doesn't have a fan pushing air, which I think yeah, is really I funny. I thought that was kind of funny. Also, air quiet sounds like what Apple would call the like noise cancellation of the rumored AirPod Studio. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's interesting because... It is a new device, but the difference is it's a new chip, but it's basically the A14X, or as Renee Ritchie calls it, the A14X Plus. And I think that's a great name for it. That actually is a great name for it. Because it's the A14X Plus because it has everything the A14 has, even pretty much the same speeds, plus the four more uh, CPU and GPU cores. And then it has the Mac-related stuff that the, A, that the A14 doesn't need. Right. And I think it's also clocked, able to be clocked at a higher frequency. I think I read something like 3.2 gigahertz or something. Yeah, probably so. So not much, not a whole lot more. 
Yeah. But it, it's essentially the um, the A14. Uh, the other thing that's cool about it is they kind of did the same thing with this chip that the uh, they did with the iPad Pro. So the 2018 uh, iPad Pro was made with the A12X, but the they had problems with making some of them. So they had seven CP uh, seven GPU cores instead of eight, and that's why they called it the X. When they perfected the seven nanometer process uh, in 2020, they called it the A12Z. So, uh, because it had all eight GPU cores. Now, they're having the same problem with the M1. So, they are uh, basically making it with um, most of them with the eight CPU and eight GPU cores for all the machines. But the ones that they get wrong that don't work well, that have the seven GPU cores only, that's the ones they're putting on the lowest end MacBook Airs. And that's really interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't it? So that's how the MacBook Air is going to outperform. The, I mean, the um, wow, the MacBook Pro is going to outperform the MacBook Air. Well, you can still get the Air with the full eight uh, GPUs as well, but the difference is the MacBook Air does not have a cooling system. So oh, yeah, true. There's temperature sensors on the aluminum uh, heat sink spread that's on the processor and on the body. So when those two get overheated, then it has to ramp down the processor. I wonder what kind of workload you could do on the MacBook Air before that happens. I don't know. It depends on what you're doing, but it's still pretty powerful. And the MacBook Pro still has a limit, but it does have a fan. And yeah. and the uh, the Mac Mini does not have a limit because of how much heatsink and fan it has. And it's a desktop. You will be able to upgrade, uh, or you will not be able to upgrade any of the memory or, or SSD. Pretty much all of this is on one chip. Oh, the SSD is too. I believe it might be separate. The SSD might, but the RAM processor, GPU, all of that is one chip. Yeah, and I find it interesting because they, if you look at them at the Apple Store, they show up as um, X number of gigs of unified memory. So it sounds like it is sharing memory with the system, but also f using that same memory for things like graphics and other stuff. So that's interesting. Right. What's also interesting about this is. Uh, this device, this chip is not meant for pro users. It has pro level tech, but it has it can only power one Thunderbolt display, not two, but one. Whereas the Intel chips, all of them could handle two of those 4K displays. Which, if you're a voiceover user, probably doesn't matter as much. Right. But if you're going to be, you know, doing things like um, graphic design and 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 film you'll probably want to have more displays um, another thing is um, these machines and it's interesting these machines max out at 16 gigs of RAM and 2 terabytes and people are like well that's low well not necessarily because the machine lines that they replaced only went up to that anyway yeah I actually remember looking at the 13 inch Mac a uh, couple months before the M1 chip was released, and yeah, that's pretty much the same, uh, actually I think it is the same uh, storage configurations and RAM configurations that you could get. So Now, you will be able, to, now some interesting information, and Jason, you're going to love this, you will still be able to run x86 Windows on these, not through Boot Camp, but through Parallels and VMware, with Apple's built-in hypervisor technology, Renee Ritchie did confirm that. 
I was wondering, and I had my suspicions, but I was wondering. I mean, I haven't really had a need to virtualize Windows on my Mac, but at least if I did, I assume it would per still be able to perform better than this one. <laughs> right, so there's no boot camp, but uh, all of that stuff will be there. Um, there was something else that uh, was mentioned this morning whenever I was watching this video. Uh, you know, it does have the two Thunderbolt ports, uh, USB-C ports, um, it does have its limits. Oh, and I don't know what this will mean for mixers, if they will work or not, but it was announced that eGPUs will not work. So basically the external USB-C GPUs that you would plug in to enhance the graphics power of your computer will not work on these machines. And I think that's a shame. I wonder how much of this will uh, be something Apple can address in the, uh, next iteration of the pros i mean this is i'm i'm not terribly surprised i mean it does make me sad but this is also as we all know the first generation of the mac with apple silicon so yeah i could tell you i'm on the 16 inch macbook pro and you know i want that scalability i want to know that this machine that i don't i mean i use it for a lot to code and those kind of things but i would like to know that if I plug in Thunderbolt displays and eGPUs for gaming and other stuff, it's going to work, right? That's kind of important to me. I may not need the technology right now, but if I want to keep it around for a while and be able to add those things to it, you know. And it kind of comes back to what I always say about Apple. While Apple is great for what they do, uh, they don't keep in mind a lot of the, the gamers or the pros that want to really go past that consumer level of tech. And they kind of uh, push things to that uh, the consumer market, and I understand that's their market. That's the people that buy it, and you know. But they don't understand that macOS is such is has the capabilities of being such a great pro operating system, and so they keep making these trade offs that really just hurt pro users a lot of times. Well, and I find it interesting that they are still selling the uh, Intel versions of the uh, of the MacBook of the 13 inch MacBook Pros. And in fact, I think they, I think I saw an article yesterday that talked about them dropping the price of the 16-inch MacBook Pro by 11%. Oh wow! So, um, and so they already have one set of the Macs updated, and I think that this is really the consumer-level Macs that they wanted to get out there first, and that makes sense. I think MacBook Pros and iMacs will be coming next year, and. You know, within two years, they will have that transitioned over. And in two years, I'll be ready to buy another Mac. Right. And I think for me, you know, from, from everything that I've been able to find out, you know, it, 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 def it definitely sounds like the 13-inch MacBook Pro should, in theory, be able to uh, meet my needs. I mean, 16 gigs of RAM, the one I would want, 512 gigs of storage with the M1, you know, because I want to start doing a lot more with Logic. I feel like I should be okay with that. I hope. This is yeah. the part where you, like, kill my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we'll see, you know, where where these machines go. And there might be some things they could do with software that will improve over the time. One of the things we haven't talked about about the Macs yet is one of the advantages that the M1 chips provide is a huge increase in battery life for the Macs. I think the MacBook Air... Apple says will uh, provide up to what is it, fifteen hours of of uh, streaming playback and seventeen hours of video playback, whereas the Pro is 
17 hours of streaming and 20 hours of of uh, video playback or something like that. That sounds about right. Like that is nuts and awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's really amazing what they can do with these new machines. So I I just think it's going to just get better for Apple from here and I'm I'm just curious what we're going to see in the future with what they're doing. Yeah, me too, and I just like I feel like the time right now is right for me to upgrade because for those of you who don't know, my Mac is a 2014, a mid 2014, 13 inch MacBook Pro, and honestly, I feel like it's slower than it should be, but it's also had, God, how many major OS updates since? Um, a lot. A lot. You know, it's 2.6 gigahertz Intel Core i5, the one, uh, whatever the CPU was that turbo boosted up to like 3.3, 3, no, 3.1 gigahertz. 8 gigs of RAM, which is probably part of my problem, and 256 gigs of storage. And I'm finding that at least Logic really is just not able to perform well on this Mac anymore, and I'm assuming a lot of it has to do with the different updates, uh, OS updates that it's seen over the years. Um, and but and that's, that's another thing is... Uh... A lot of the machines running the uh, M1 are using the LPDDR4 memory, which is the low power. And that's why also they can only support up to 16 gigs. Uh, I don't know if the pros are, I think the pros are also doing this as well. Um, not sure about the Mac Mini, but, uh, you know, th those are meant to be the lower end pros. So I think whenever we start to see the high end that use DDR4 or higher, we're going to start to see that those performance increases on the processor that we, as like developers and other pro users, really look for. Yeah, I find it interesting though. Did Renee in his podcast? Because I I haven't actually uh, listened to it, but obviously you know you and I were talking about it before the show. But did he mention? Did he talk at all about the benchmark results that people were posting? He he hates benchmarks, um, and it's interesting because. You know, the way that he puts it is benchmarks only represent uh, what the processor could do at a certain time, and they can vary based on how hot the processor is and those kind of things. So um, he really did not comment much on the benchmarks. And I kind of don't disagree with him. I do enjoy seeing the benchmark results of the CPUs, you know, like in the, well, anything really. But for me, it's more of what can I do? What are the real world implications of these uh, CPUs. Yeah, and my, my biggest thing is, uh, can it do what I need it to do? And sometimes you can only know that through benchmarks, sometimes not. So it's, it's very interesting. But, um, you know, this is some information that I've thought people would really like to know on these new M1 Macs. So I'm glad we had the chance to share that. Yeah. And just for the, you know, sake of being complete, obviously they have Hey Siri support. At least the Pro does. I don't remember if the Air does. The Pro does still have a touch bar. It looks like all of the Macs do have the Magic Keyboard, um, which is good, because I heard some Butterfly 4 rumors that kind of had me a little bit worried there for a minute. Um, now, the Air does not have the touch bar. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the Air doesn't have the touch bar. Um, and the MacBook Pros, the 13-inch Pros, also have the studio microphone array from the 16-inch Pro. Yep. Which has me pretty excited because those are really decent <laughs> microphones. 
They really are. They're not bad at all. Yeah. So I want to talk for a minute about uh, I got my new iPhone on Friday. And uh, I got the, uh, well, let's see. Um, let me go back over here to uh, Zoom. And let's see. I have it right here uh, on video. So the it's the new Pro in Pacific uh, Blue. Love this phone. Really awesome device. Um, it's really nice looking. Uh, it does have the boxed edges that um, some people like, some people don't like. Um, so it's all personal preference. I got the 512 gig uh, on Verizon on the Pro Max. And it's a really a good phone. I love it. So um, I highly recommend anybody get this. And I was telling Jason, he, he doesn't believe me yet. Uh, I think the sound is better on these new phones. And I believe there's two camps. I believe Jason and Aaliyah do not think it is. Leslie and others think it is. So um, it's interesting. What are your, what are your thoughts on this, on this thing, Jason? I am right, and you are wrong. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I actually stole that from something. I don't know what that came from. I think it came from uh, a Jurassic Park book. Um, Richard Levine, I think, was the guy's name. Um, but anyway, I like I said, like off the but you know before we recorded the show, I got to see the iPhone 12 series, except for the Pro Max and the Mini, of course, at Best Buy, and. This is the part where we start getting YouTube comments, like audiophile people, like don't ever look at things in Best Buy. They have a sound dampening <laughs> feel to make their products sound. Yeah, worse. it's called people in the store. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there weren't very many people because of uh, right. um, the COVID nineteen restrictions and stuff that we've got going on now. But I did see the iPhone at Best Buy, and it really did. It 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 didn't sound that different, if at all from my uh, 11 Pro Max, and I did a lot of side-by-side -side comparisons. I think the one thing I didn't do was play music, but I definitely asked Siri the same questions on both phones and compared them side-by-side. -side. I mean, the iPhone sounded better in that the speaker in the earpiece wasn't cracked sounding like mine is. <laughs> well, I noticed that mine has more of a iPad Pro-esque sound, and I don't know how to explain that, and I don't know if it's even that it's better. It just sounds more like the iPad Pro. Siri kind of has this, and I don't know how to explain it, like this sound to her voice that just, like, a, I guess a deeper sound chamber. I don't know, but uh, it, it's more bassy, kind of has more of a lower part to her voice. And so it could just be that the there's more phone surface for the sound to resonate off of and the boxier edges than there would be with the curved edges. It may be that. I don't know. But I could tell but, you that it does go louder, too, on my new phone. And things like YouTube videos sound much better. And uh, music even sounds better on my new phone. Well, my girlfriend and I are probably going to go to the Apple Store on Wednesday and see about options and things. So I may end up being able to have the new phone on Wednesday. I'm hoping. I still don't know what I'm going to get. But, you know, if I do end up getting a new phone and being able to bring it home, it'll definitely be interesting to see what the sound differences are in a 
environment that I know well, of course, because, you know, you're, if you're in your house, you should be pretty familiar with how the acoustics are going to travel. Right. So I'm also curious about 5G, but again, as I've said before, you that's not the real reason. You have it we don't. That's all that matters. <laughs> not bitter about this at all, folks. Not bitter at all. <laughs> hey, this doesn't happen very often. I'll take what I can get. Like, all right, I'm in Austin, Texas, a tech-centric city. All right, right, we've got the good stuff here. And I'm in the state of corn, and I get 5G. <laughs> Supposedly. And, yeah, it, it, does show, it does show that you have 5G there, uh, at least for Verizon. So, uh, Oh, you uh, checked the coverage map? No, I was looking at different cities. And uh, Austin, I was looking up 5G in Austin. Austin plans on... Uh, uh, adding 5G towers. I'm like, oh, well, that's great, but why isn't it here now? <laughs> Do we have MM Wave or just, or does it not show? I, I didn't see which one y'all had. I mean, I'm with T Mobile, so it doesn't really matter anyway, but still. Apple did this big presentation to get me all pumped up for 5G. And then Austin. And I don't get 5G. <laughs> Sigh. <laughs> It's not why I got the phone, folks. I will say that. It's not the reason why I got the iPhone 5, uh, the iPhone 12. The iPhone 5. I was going to say iPhone 5G. The iPhone 5G. <laughs> iPhone 5GS. <laughs> right. You know, it's crazy that um, they started with the S numbering to, uh, like on the third iPhone that was released. Yeah. That's true. It did start with the 3GS. Back when the iPhone was plastic. I thought it was metal. No. I could have sworn the 3GS was metal. No, it was plastic. Really? It was plastic, yeah. Huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I knew um, the 2G and the iPhone, the original iPhone, were plastic. There was no 2G. It was just the iPhone, iPhone 3G, iPhone 3GS. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm making stuff up all. to sound smart. I've had no, them all. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody on a WhatsApp group mentioned the iPhone 5C today. I'm oh like, my gosh! Oh, that... I forgot uh... about that one. Well, the iPhone 5C never existed. Well, I mean, the iPhone. I thought you. Oh no, wait, you said 5C. I thought you said 5SE. But yeah, the 5C. I uh, did actually see the 5C. My cousin, one of my cousins, had a 5C, and it didn't feel as bad as I thought it would. Well, apparently it had a metal frame under the plastic, too, from whatever. Yeah. But So that probably helped. Uh, on to, uh, we're going to take a break real quick and talk about uh, an app that is in development from iAccessibility that I'm working on called Perspective AI. If you haven't heard of it, Perspective AI is an app that will let you view uh, text and objects in the future uh, around you. Not objects. Not objects in the future, but uh, objects will be added in the future. Oh, I mean, I wanted to clarify that. Objects in the future it, it, may happen at some AI point. Can, I, a perspective AI cannot predict the future. I, I want to put that <laughs> disclaimer in there right now. Um, perspective AI will let you point your camera at items and read text or eventually describe objects in your environment. It has tilt guidance and other things, so it's an OCR application currently, and eventually it will do so much more. Um, so you can join the test flight beta. If you'd like to join the beta, send an email to iaccessibility at iaccessibility.net and we'll send you a beta link. 
Uh, and there's also a WhatsApp group, so mention in that email that you want to join the group. You could also send us a message on, message on Twitter at iAccessibility1, and we will make that happen as well. And guys, Michael's not paying me to say this, but perspective really is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I only, uh, you know, we, Jason's our podcast editor and doesn't, you know, to get uh, any any contributions for advertising or anything. So uh, th those words are, mean a lot. So um, to our last topic today, we also just got some new game consoles. So if you love the Xbox or the PlayStation, they're out. And they're the latest consoles in the console war. I'm personally a Xbox fan. I've always loved my Xbox. So um, I highly recommend, you know, the Xbox, but let's talk about them both. Are you, are you, do you know much about either of the consoles, Jason? I don't know a lot about them, but <laughs> when you were talking about the Xbox, like, I guess there's the, the one S and the one X now or something. No, there's the Xbox series S and the Xbox series X. Oh, series X and series S. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I found, did you, did you see there were videos going around, um, that were talking about like different, uh, issues that people were experiencing with their Xboxes. Some of them, you know, were were issues that shouldn't surprise you. I mean I mean they should surprise you, but I in, in that, you know, new hardware, sometimes defective units can happen. But specifically there were videos that were showing like I guess white smoke or something pouring out of the top of the Xboxes. Have you heard about these? I've heard about some of these, but I've also heard that people have been uh uh, Microsoft, like, the official Xbox account, literally said, "Do not vape over your Xbox Series X." Yeah, and that's what I was getting at, and I'm just like, "That is insane!" Like, why? <laughs> I mean, problems are going to happen if you do, if you create problems for yourself. That's just my opinion. Well, and I'm not saying all the problems that you know people were posting are made up, but. It does definitely appear that the the smoke issue was, you know, caused by people vaping so that it would come out of the top of the uh, of the Xbox. And I just think it's pretty sad that Microsoft has to, like, be like, yo, people, stop smoking, stop vaping on, into your Xboxes. Right. It's such a beautiful console that I don't know why you would want to uh, to do that. If you want to learn about the console, each console, you can, you know, just do a Google search. You'll find loads of places that want to tell you about them. Oh, yeah. But I want to really stress here is that uh, they're nice consoles. Uh, the Xbox is smaller. It's, it's a bit fatter than the PlayStation 5. The PS5 is taller, so it takes up a little more space. The Xbox actually looks like a box with a big fan cut out on the top. So uh, it looks really cool. The PlayStation looks like um, some futuristic tech, but they did that on purpose. Um, the Xbox has the same traditional controller uh, as they have, but just a little bit bigger. Uh, things are rearranged a little bit, but they have a few more buttons and um, better trigger systems for the trigger buttons. The uh, PlayStation 5 has the new DualSense controller, which basically has a touchscreen in the middle of the controller. Now, I, I, because I don't have one, I can't speak to how uh, accessible that part of that is. I just know that in the past, Sony has been slower at getting accessibility features onto the PlayStation, but 
um, I I think it's still there. Yeah, other than articles that say that the PlayStation 5 does have a full-fledged screen reader on it, I don't know much more than that. And somebody in our chat just posted that the smoke vid was fake. Yeah, I, you know, pretty much figured it was fake. As Well, I, I didn't really look into it when I started seeing articles about it, but when I saw the article, I don't remember where it was that was talking about you know, the video, the smoke video being fake, I was like, yeah, I'm not surprised. But uh, I do know it is real that micro, like I saw a Microsoft post, do not vape into your Xbox. And so that, yeah, they, they actually linked to that tweet from Microsoft too. Yeah. And I will say, and, and here's, this is my opinion. You know, a lot of people hate on the Xbox and I don't know why and say that the PlayStation's better. If you look at the specs this year, the play, the Xbox is slightly better than the PlayStation. Uh, but also, Microsoft, uh, through the Xbox account, sent a message and said, Happy launch day to Sony with the PlayStation 5. And I just thought that was really awesome. Like, they're, competi they're, they're competing against each other. And I, I don't know if Sony did the same thing for Microsoft, but... It was just neat seeing the Xbox account, you know, wish Sony a happy and uh, good luck on their launch day. That I think that's awesome. I hadn't heard about that, but yeah, that is that's really nice. I kind of feel like these console wars are they they kind of remind me a little bit of like the the Mac versus PC wars. Mm -hmm. Well, and some you know you could say well Microsoft was doing that because they felt like they've won the console war already, but I don't think it's that. I think Microsoft, like the Xbox team, really does want the best for gamers even though they're buying all the game studios and you know <laughs> um so i i just think that it's it's you could see it from any angle really i personally like the xbox because i've been gaming on xbox for the longest i have uh you know a big gamer tag profile on there i have never changed my gamer tag um if anybody wants it it's sg1 fan 83 uh, i'll take any friend request on xbox so um, and I, I love achievements. I love to go and get achievements in different games. So that's one of my favorite things to do on there. And, uh, I have the, probably my biggest gamer game library on there. So I would not want to, I mean, there's a few games on PlayStation I would like, uh, God of War looks amazing, but, um, it's really cool. And they both have screen readers, but I feel like narrator personally to me has really come the, the farthest plus, uh, the Xbox has magnifier and I want to talk about that for a minute and say that uh, every game works with magnifier unlike on the PC um, not a, a lot of the new games will work with magnifier but a lot of the old ones will not I cannot magnify fantasy star online 2 which is kind of a bummer but at the same time it's just awesome that we have that ability and so on my 55-inch TV, I can magnify Fantasy Star Online 2 or Doom Eternal to read the menus. And that works really well. Or I could turn on Narrator to read the Xbox interface. Now, I will say that both interfaces on Xbox One, uh, Series X and PlayStation are confusing. They both have a lot going on. But uh, that's just for any user. So, Jason, do any of these kind of systems interest you? I... Think if one system was going to interest me, it would probably be the Xbox, just because it's the system that I've heard in use from well, you guys, as in you and Aaliyah. Uh, because 
it's it's what I know is going to give me an accessible experience. Now I know that narrator's not going to all of a sudden make inaccessible games accessible. But if I were going to get a gaming console, it would probably be the the Xbox. Plus, I could bug you guys and ask you all questions. <laughs> right. The other thing that's nice on the Xbox is it has the uh, it has the Game Pass. Right. So over a hundred games, and now and they're adding more and more for fifteen dollars a month. You don't have to buy them, and that to me and, is awesome. And I guess both the Xbox. And PlayStation, or at least the Xbox, I guess, has the Apple TV app now. Yep. So you can watch Apple TV shows and and all of your purchased content on Xbox. Yep. You can kill demons and watch Servant. Right. But I think it's also not just the. I think it's any anything you've purchased from the Apple uh, iTunes store, isn't it? I think so. I just know that, like, when I think of the TV app, I tend to think about Apple TV Plus because I know they're trying to expand its availability. Right. But. I believe you can watch purchase content, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of cool because that saves you from having to have both, say, the the uh, Xbox and the Apple TV if the reason you have an Apple TV or would get an Apple TV is simply to consume media from your iTunes library and Apple TV Plus and stuff. Right. So the there's the Xbox Series X. Uh, with all the features, Blu-ray and everything else, there's the Xbox Series S without the drive and without some of the hardware. Um, it's more of a digital version. And the same with the PlayStation 5. There's the PlayStation 5 with Blu-ray and the digital edition that does not have the Blu-ray as well. Oh, so it doesn't have a physical disk drive. Right. So I believe both of those are like $300 the, on the, uh, for the uh, Series S and the PS5 portable uh, digital edition. That one may be four hundred. I'm not sure, but the other two, uh, the higher end ones, are five hundred dollars, four ninety nine essentially. Okay, so I think that's a good discussion of. Well, actually, you know what? We kind of left out one. There's the Switch, and the Switch is still the Switch. It hasn't really changed, but they have added magnification, which I think I talked about the last time we did a discussion about consoles. But it lets you magnify the screen. There's still no screen reader to read the interface, but it does let you magnify the screen like the Xbox, and it works in games as long as well as uh, their screens. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't have a lot of interest in the Switch, other than if if there's like a a game that my girlfriend would want, getting that for her or whatever. I would get stuff for her Switch. <laughs> but you know, it's it is fun hearing her play like, you know, Animal Crossing, and I just. I really like the music in Animal Crossing, and they have really good sound design. Same with so, Zelda. They use very good sound design in those games as well. Yeah. She actually has Breath of the Wild, but she hasn't played it in a while. Hmm. So. All right. Well, um, that's going to do it for this episode of the IA Cast. Uh, Jason, what is your pick of the week, and where can people find you online? My pick of the week is Network Effect. It is the latest entry in the Murderbot Diaries series by Martha Wells. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny because Michael actually got to read it way before I did because I was waiting for it to be available on Bard. But um, it's not only the newest book, but it's actually the longest book in the series. Uh, but it's really, really good. It is available on Bard. It is read by the uh, same person who reads the other books, Kevin R. Free, I believe is his name. 
So it's really good. I highly recommend people check out both the Murderbot Diaries as well as Network Effect if you read the whole series. I think the order goes All Systems Red, Artificial Condition, uh, uh, Rogue Protocol, Exit Strategy, and Network Effect. Yeah, that so, sounds right. Totally read those series if that sounds like something you'd be interested in. It's very good, and I like all I'm going to say about it because I'm afraid I'm going to give away spoilers. There are two things I like seeing in Murderbot. His wave of not caring <laughs> and his his development as a person. Yeah. Great, great exactly. stuff. Yeah. So that is my pick. And as far as where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at jason at iAccessibility.net. You can follow me on Facebook. Just search for Jason Earls. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at JDE. That's Juliet Delta Echo 91. I know for those of you who are following me, I, I don't post very often, but I'll change that someday. Maybe. I hope. Um, <laughs> But uh, if you do add me, I ask that you let me know that you have found me from the IACast network. All right. My pick for this week is a show on HBO called Titans. And if you remember growing up, there was a show called Teen Titans. Basically the same characters, but HBO and darker. Um, it's a DC comic show based on the Titans comics. So there's Robin, there's Raven, there's... Um, I don't remember the other characters. Those are the two that I remember the most. Um, and it's about their exploits in uh, the DC Comics TV shows. And um, it's really, really dark, but also very much like, you know, like you see parts of Teen Titans and, and, and uh, the origins of Robin and all that kind of stuff. And it's really awesome seeing that live action. So um, I finished Doom Patrol and I'm working on season one of Titans. Really love it. I highly recommend it, so check that out. Um, you need HBO, or you could probably buy it uh, on uh, Apple um, through iTunes Store or uh, Google Play or those places. So I would I'd look into that, but it is a HBO show, so prepare for everything that's involved with something like that. So where people can find me online, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Mike Doe's. It's M-I-K-E, D as in David. Uh, O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net You can follow me on Twitter, just search for Mike uh, Doeys, and on Facebook search for Michael Doeys um, You can find my website MichaelDoeys.com and I'm all over the web so just search for me um, You can always find me uh, on you know pretty much any of these podcasts and all around the web so um, just search for me there. I want to thank everybody for being on the chat and, and uh, on YouTube and watching the stream um, later. If you decide to watch the stream later, please enjoy it. And I hope you uh, leave comments and, and uh, like this video because likes always help us get more, get more folks. If you're, if you haven't noticed, we've been doing this every two weeks. And so I hope that you will subscribe to our channel so that you and activate the notification bell and select all. That way you know every time that we go uh, up with these. So um, you'll get a watch live notification. And uh, that way you can know when we're streaming and be ready to listen to what we have to say. If, if you agree with it or not, or if you think it's trash or not. I don't know. Um, 
So I'm I'm very excited that we're on YouTube and we're using this platform. So, um, yeah, like our videos if you do, dislike them if you don't, and just uh, we hope that you stick around and keep coming back for our content. And uh, with that, we will leave you uh, for the day, and we will see you in uh, two weeks, possibly longer, depending on how the holidays go. And we'll see you next time. Yep. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. This show has been brought to you by the IACast Network. We love hearing from you. Email us at feedback at iaccessibility.net. Got Twitter? Follow us at iaccessibility1. Facebook? Search for iaccessibility. Download our free apps for iOS and Android and keep up with all of our content at iaccessibility.net. If you'd like to donate to our show, hit the PayPal button on our website and get early access to our outtakes with a donation at patreon.com slash iacast. Thanks for listening.